This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice of America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Last weekend, I took the subway to Brooklyn to visit some dear friends. I got on at my usual stop, and as usual, as the train was about to take off, a gaggle of giddy teenage girls rushed the doors as they were closing and hurried in, all breathless and giggly. As it turned out, the group wasn't sure that they were even on the correct train to their destination and asked a man near them for clarification. For some bizarre reason, I have discovered that as people run to make a nearly departing train or race across the street to beat a red light turning green, that folks under a certain age tend to laugh rather hysterically at the prospect as if there was something humorous about keeping people waiting on a train or forcing traffic to pile up. Perhaps it is embarrassment at their behavior, or perhaps it is glee at a negligible act of rebellion. In any case, as I scanned the small subway crowd traveling downtown, I noticed the man the girls queried was dressed in green camouflage pants, a chestnut brown suede country western jacket covered in knee-length fringe. He was sporting a battered fisherman's cap, and was licking a mint chocolate chip ice cream cone. Now, I don't know what it is about me that attracts odd people. Maybe it is a frequency that I give off from my inner antenna. But before I knew it, he approached me and sat down. I couldn't help but acknowledge his sudden proximity. I mean, after all, he was eating an ice cream cone in the middle of winter in a crowded subway car, and now he was my next-door neighbor. As he glanced back and settled in for the ride, he furrowed his brow. He then leaned into me and said very seriously, There is something profoundly incongruous about people laughing as they ask for directions to get to ground zero. I nodded in amazement. But I couldn't help but think that there was something profoundly incongruous about a man dressed in a green camouflage pant outfit, a chestnut brown suede country western jacket covered in long fringe, a battered fisherman's hat, and licking a mint chocolate chip ice cream cone, talking to an utter stranger about incongruity. The dictionary defines incongruous as lacking in harmony, incompatible, or not keeping with what is correct, proper, or logical. And all this week I have been feeling this lack of harmony, but this is not due to my odd train encounter. The incompatibility I feel stems from our President's State of the Union address Tuesday night. I find that there is something inherently incongruous about one of the world's biggest oil pushers, so to speak, alerting the world of America's addiction to oil. In my mind, this would be equivalent to R.J. Reynolds chastising smokers for being addicted to cigarettes. That this represents the sole memorable soundbite from our president's annual address 
is not only incongruous to me, it is downright depressing. And as I sat down Tuesday night to watch the speech and the subsequent analysis, I couldn't help but wonder how we ended up here. Over 2,000 Americans have died in Iraq. 250,000 people have abandoned their homes in New Orleans. Teenage girls laugh en route to the tourist attraction that is now ground zero. And yet we press on in our efforts to camouflage the obvious and the incongruity grows. Why must we kill each other? Why do we need to design and push this personal, moral, and religious superiority? I think that ultimately it is a feeling of incongruity with the world and the universe that is at the heart of the problem. We fight our wars now with all sides convinced of their own moral superiority. Yet somehow we all believe that God is on our particular side. But no one is actually sure where God resides and whether or not he or she actually exists at all. Therefore, to fight a war in the name of God feels a bit, well, incongruous, at least to me. I guess if we knew with certainty the origin of the universe, if we knew unquestionably how we got here and why, suddenly it would seem rather foolish to have our own personal, subjective stance on who our creator was and to fight to convince each other that this specific creator was indeed only on one particular side. I think it is this incertitude that is at the heart of all of our behavior. We're not really fighting for the truth. We're fighting for proof. And if we win, then we will believe that we have proven we are right. And I think this is true for both sides, for all sides, really. Today we search for truths or answers or certainty in almost all of our endeavors. Inherent in this search is the notion that there actually are truths or answers or certainty. But maybe the world as we know it was designed this way. Maybe it wasn't. I think Joan Didion says it best in her remarkable book, The Year of Magical Thinking. She says, life changes fast. Life changes in the instant. You sit down to dinner and life as you know it ends. So as we make our way through our corner of the universe, perhaps all we can be certain of is the uncertainty and the incongruous. I want to be optimistic this Friday afternoon and choose to see the possibilities and the beauty in this. If nothing more, perhaps we can take heart in however bad things might seem. At this very moment in time, everything can change for the better in the moment that comes next. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Today is our first anniversary of the show, and my guest is the designer extraordinaire, Bill Grant. Before we start today's interview, please let me tell you a little bit more about him. Bill Grant founded the Grant Design Collaborative in 1996. In that time, he has worked with market leaders in the commercial furnishings and many other industries to create and launch effective brand design programs for clients such as Adobe Systems, BlackBerry Farm, Geiger International, Georgia Pacific Papers, Herman Miller, Delta, International Paper, and Steelcase, among others. He is currently the president of the grant of the National Board of the AIGA, the Professional Association of Design. Bill's work has been featured in virtually every magazine, and he has served as judge for numerous international design competitions. He's also a frequent contributor to design publications on business, design, and branding issues. Welcome, Bill. Thanks, Debbie. 
How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So, Bill, your father worked in the carpet business, and you're from Dalton, Georgia, considered the carpet capital of the world. I understand you worked at Shaw Industries as a copywriter and assistant marketing manager, and you left from there to start your own design firm. Tell us about all of that. How and why did you do that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> We're trying to figure that out. But <laughs> well, we'll work through that in this hour. Well, I did grow up in, in, in Dalton, Georgia, and my father was really more of kind of a blue-collar work in the carpet industry. And so when I went away to school and, and um, you know, had visions of grandeur of, of uh, being a great, you know, something. <laughs> when I really? Did, what, what was that something? What, was your, what did you want to be when you were a little boy? Well, I went a little, uh, my, my mother asked me at a cocktail party one time what I wanted to be when I grew up, and she had sort of, you know, you know, been, been coaching me to say, you know, doctor or lawyer, and for some reason I said choreographer, but uh, I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but <laughs> anyway. It's amazing you could actually pronounce it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, when I left school, uh, left college, I really, you know, I had English and, and psychology major, and um, really was trying to figure out what to do with it, and... Uh, Took one of those advocation, you know, tests and aptitude tests, and so I was perfectly suited for advertising, which you know was was also kind of uncanny because my mother had had told me that as a child that you know I was going to be the next Darren Stevens from you know the art director from Bewitched. And, of course, and, uh, <laughs> Dor- and, dog, um, Dogwood, Derwood, Derwood. So, <laughs> so when I actually left college, I was actually looking for a career and, and what to do with, with, with my education and and uh, had applied for a, a marketing and design internship at, at, at Shaw Industries, which you know, is a Fortune 500 company. It's now owned by Warren Buffett. And um, at the time, there really wasn't much available, but um, the CEO, I'd written, of course, I'd sent the, the letter to the CEO, Robert Shaw of Shaw Industries, and, and uh, he had kept the letter and when a, when a opening came uh, available in, in their marketing department, they called me and, and you know, lo and behold, I was back in Dalton, Georgia. <laughs> well, it must and, have been a pretty profound letter if the CEO kept it. Well, I think it was a pretty good letter, probably. But <laughs> it was, <laughs> it, um, you know, I think he was impressed because when I when I arrived at Shaw Industries, I, I learned, you know, fresh out of school that it was a Fortune 500 company and no one really could communicate or write letters. So a lot of my jobs, <laughs> a lot of my first uh, job was spent, you know, writing, letter, writing letters, you know, even for the CEO and, and speeches and, and things like that. And so I kind of, you know, I started there as a copywriter, which was really a great, you know, it was a great, in retrospect, and it was a, a great move for me. It was a great part of my education. I was there for five years and Shaw was a huge, it was a growing company, a fast, you know, acquiring other companies, other brands. They started a commercial carpet division uh, while I was there, and I, I wound up being marketing director and advertising director for the commercial division. And so I really got a, a great education on, you know, branding and, and brand management and uh, wound up building an in-house design department there. And I was there for five years, so I left there in 1989 and started my own firm. I really, you know, it really taught me a lot, and so I, I kind of go back to that. Experience, you know, to this day, especially you know, working with clients, it's to me it was a great experience. To kind of, you know, at one point in my life, being on on the client side of of, of matters, and so I, I, you know, I think I apply what I learned there to a lot of the projects I do today. Now, did you study graphic design, or are you primarily self-taught? Primarily self-taught. Yes. So. Do you feel like there is a difference in the way that you approach clients because you're self-taught? 
Well, I think it really has, you know, it really, you know, sort of coming in the back door to design, it really has, it really does, I think, impact the way I work and the way I think and, and the way I design. And, uh, you know, to me, collaboration is very important. I collaborate with my team at, at Grant, you know, uh, that's the only way we get anything done. And so I collaborate with clients and, and you know, I, I have to, um, but it does, you know, I think working with clients, it, I always sort of kind of start back with, you know, with the written word and with communication. I still do a lot of the writing in the company, and, um, you know, I enjoy that. And and I think it does sort of impact the way I, I work and the way I design. And, and, you know, I really kind of see myself as much as an editor, as a designer, and, and uh, you know, really trying to get to the essence of brands and, and projects. So. Well, I want to come back after our break and talk a lot about uh, branding and, and the essence of branding. I'd like to let our listeners know that this is the first anniversary episode of Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my lovely guest today is Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. We will be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. <laughs> Listen wherever you are. 24-hour business and financial news. Solid, focused, and informed. The leader in business talk. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Scott Biondich, Global Packaging Manager at the Coca-Cola Company. And I'm really excited about the upcoming Fuse brand identity and package design event in New York City this April. I'll be there revealing the critical steps to developing differentiated and preferred packaging for consumers around the world. Design gurus Rem Koolhaas and Philippe Stark, as well as brand leaders from Method, Nike, and Target, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face. They'll deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom line impact through innovative strategy and design. For more information, call 888-670-8200, visit www.iirusa.com forward slash BIPD, or send an email to register at iirusa.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters, and you'll receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. Hey, rise to the challenge. I look forward to seeing you in the Big Apple this April 24th through the 26th at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Tune into Small Business Trends Radio with Anita Campbell every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Each week, Anita and expert guests provide a big picture view of the small business market, identifying the trends and major events driving the robust growth of the small business market. Whether you are a small business owner or a company of any size desiring to sell small businesses or reach the small business market with the product or service, Small Business Trends Radio is your resource for trends that influence the global small business market. Right here on the Bottom line for business talk, Voice America Business. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Roy Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern on Business America Radio. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a values-based approach to comprehensive total wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road of financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Roy Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, businessamericaradio.com. The bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. 
Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 316 Eastern Time, and you're listening to our one-year anniversary show of Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have a question for Bill, our lines are open, 1-866-233-7861. So, Bill, before the break, we were talking a little bit about branding and the essence of branding, and I'd like to read you a quote that I found about the combination of design and business that you said. Um, Here it is. With an overproliferation of information and new media outlets, professional designers now find themselves at the forefront of business strategy. In addition to sound communication and information design, we are also required to navigate. This is a new development, and it is good. Slowly but surely, graphic design is transitioning from a commodity to a competitive edge, and the value of delivering and quantifying great design has never been more important. Tell us a little bit more about why you wrote that, why you believe that. Why well, I wrote that? <laughs> well, you said that. I'm sorry. It was, it was a written, written word that I copied. <laughs> well, I, I, I do believe, I mean, our role as designers has you know, never been more important and, and I think with you know there is there is I do believe there's sort of over proliferation of information and 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 especially on the, on the business side on the client side and so I really think again it kind of goes back to my role as you know designers editor of really helping our clients get to the core of their brand get the core of their product get the core of their service or organization and and uh, it's I think that's easier said than done most of the time so I think. You know, as designers, you know, when we're invited in that situation to kind of apply design thinking to to those projects, I think we really bring something different to the table. I think we just approach um, problem solving in a kind of very different way, and I think a very creative way. But what do you mean by design thinking? Well, I think just the way that we look at the world. I mean, I mean, which oftentimes is, is you know <laughs> is, is quite unique as, as designers and. You know the way we look at, at I think the outside perspective we bring to to brand design and, and, and clients. I think it's it's very different from you know the way that our clients typically look at their business. And, and I think quite often they they are so close and so you know intimately aware of every detail of their business. It's hard for them sometimes to see the big picture. So I think as designers we can kind of come in and help them see the big picture, but at the same time. You know, I think help them get to the essence of their brand, and, and often it's you know right there staring them in the face. But it's, it's, they're so close to it that they can't see it. So now I read that you think that the term graphic design or the label graphic design seems somewhat outdated now. What do you think that graphic designers? What do you think we should be called? Well, I, I really you know graphic design is is I don't really have a problem with that term, and I, and I love you know I love referring to myself as a graphic designer. But I think you know there is a big debate now of what do we call ourselves, and you know, you know, we had a big problem with graphic artists and you know graphic design, and some people advocating visual communicators and and and, and all these things, and um, you know I really think that it's you know it's it's really 
I don't know how much time we should be spending, you know, looking for the next label. You know, what what do we call ourselves? Mm-hmm. And you know, are we you know innovators? Are we you know information architects? All those things. And and I mean, I think to me, I'm 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 perfectly fine with with just calling myself a designer. And and I really feel that you know the work we do at Grant Design Collaborative and the work that a lot of us are doing now is this, is not just graphic design. And it may be you know interior design, which we do, or product design, or or experience design and you know I really think that it's up for up to individual designers to really define you know how they really talk about themselves and their practice and I think all of our practices are very unique um, mm-hmm. so I, I think there is this thing going on with, with language now and the language around design we have our clients that really aren't comfortable you know a lot of times using the word design to, you know so they substitute innovation for it to me which is you know it's interesting but it's not very, you know, heartfelt in a, in a lot of ways, and so I, you know, struggle with that. And, and at the same time, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. But I, I really think that we are at a, at a crossroads, and 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 you know, what do we call ourselves? I think it, it goes back to our identity and and who we are and our profession, and and you know, so I don't know that I've said the word graphic design or, or the label graphic design is really outdated. I don't believe that it is, and I don't really have a problem with that. Um, okay. I think we're doing so many things, you know, a lot of us are doing a lot of many things in addition to, you know, graphic design. Yes. Um, well, it seems like you're flooding our phone lines, Bill. Okay. We have a couple of callers on the line. First, we have Gregory. Gregory, thanks for calling Design Matters. Happy Welcome anniversary. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> I, you. I hope to wish you a lot of happy anniversaries. <laughs> thank you very much. It's hard to believe that we've been on the air for a year now. And, it, and it's great. It really is. Thank you. Um, my question for Bill is, Bill, what one piece of advice would you give to young designers that w- today that would really help them to be not only the best they can be aesthetically, artistically, because obviously that's their motivation, but in, in business, effective with clients? Good question, Gregory. Um, Gregory always has good questions. He does. He does. It's amazing. I should have been prepared. So. But... Uh, you know, I think young designers and sort of the, the the you know young designers on our team at Grant Design Collaborative, we really I always just tell them to always just be willing to 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 continue to learn. You know, to uh, you know continue their education by the people they collaborate with, as designers or clients, and be open to to learn and you know implying you know the knowledge that they learn through projects and, and work to to things that they do. I think you know there are occasions when we've We've hired really great designers out of the school, and they were, you know, scholarship winners, and they were, you know, the best at the top of their class. And 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 with that comes, you know, a little bit of ego that you sort of can conquer the world. And and I think oftentimes, you know, they come come to the, you know, come to the table thinking that they know more than they actually do, or they may know more about their client's business than you know the client knows, which I think is kind of a, a tragic flaw. So. I always just kind of encourage designers to to be open to learn and to to grow as designers and, and really as you know as, as business people by by observing and, and learning from those around and that those they collaborate with, including clients. Uh, do, do you find that um, a lot of the young designers you've worked out worked with right out of school are open to that, or are they resistant to it in any way? I think well, you know, I, I've had both, and and I think most of the people, well, especially this. Uh, 
the young designers on my team right now are very open to it because of their and it's part of you know really make it, I stress that when they come on board we're a very collaborative environment and 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 it, it comes with the territory with sort of four seat collaboration and uh, so I've had both I've had some that are just really you know sort of they're they're they think they can conquer the world and and they're very very talented and and yeah, I think it takes more than talent to survive uh, in, in, in the environment today. It sure does. It sure does. It, thank you so much. Thank you, Gregory. Well, I have to echo that. I mean, I feel very, very strongly, and, and I'm, I'm teaching a class now uh, at the School of Visual Arts on the business of design, and I find that um, a lot of young designers feel that all it really takes for success is being incredibly fabulously talented. And in fact, I think that incredible fabulous talent in some ways is, and I've said this before on the show, equivalent to operational excellence. I can't imagine any designer going out there wanting to be a professional designer and not thinking that they're good. You know, what else are you going to be bringing to the table? You know, it's a matter of cultural anthropology, it's psychology, it's marketing, it's creativity, it's all of those things together exactly. in, in my mind. Um, Bill, we have another caller, Felix from New York. Welcome to Design Matters. How do you do? Hey, Felix. How you doing? Good. How are you? You have a question for Bill? Yes. Uh, hi, Bill. Hey, Felix. How are you? Good. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a... Uh, uh, a debate over the cover of the CA illustration annual, mm-hmm. and um, it, w- it was involving uh, a sort of a, a mockery of a Brian Cronin style drawing. And uh, I don't, are you aware of it? You're aware of that, right? Yeah, I'm aware. I, I I was made aware of that about you know. A few months ago, I really was not aware of it when it was happening. So, oh, uh, so this is from a couple of years ago, magazine cover from a couple of years ago. Right, it was the illustration cover uh, project that, that I was also hired by Grant to work on as well. But um, the reason I'm calling is um, there's sort of an uh, seemed to be an ethical breach on the way in which that uh, you hired Dick Kreppel to imitate. Brian Cronin, and could you explain sort of what transpired there? Uh, I've called Renee Reiner, Brian's rep, and apparently you called Brian initially and then hired Dick to sort of go after that same sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I can and um, I can tell you what I, I know about that, Felix. I don't. I don't recall all the details of that and, and who was – there were a lot of people working on that project for a magazine called 360 we did for Stillcase. Uh-huh. And um, uh, it was illustrated. I don't even remember the particular article that was illustrated, but this, this illustration that we used for 361 up on the cover of the you know, CA illustration annual, the illustrator uh, submitted it. We, we did not. Um, but I can tell you that it was definitely not – no one was hired to imitate an illustrator. I think we really have – you know, utmost respect for illustrators and photographers. Right. Well, I mean, it was you actually. I, I called Renee Brian's rep, and you had called him initially, or one of your designers had. Right. And and then, in the aftermath, uh, Communication Arts sort of got the blame, probably first and foremost, and then uh, Dick Kreppel was chased out of town on the iSpot website. Yeah, yeah. And like I, said, I was run, wasn't really? even aware of that, you know, controversy until, you know, 
really just a few months ago or last year. And, oh. and, uh, okay. And, um, like I say, we didn't submit that for the cover. Um, it was not, you know, part of what we did. So, but we're, we're very ethically motivated at Grant Design Collaborative. And, and so if it, if there was a controversy, I don't think it was because of the way it was, you know, the way the, the illustrator was, was, um, you know, hired for the project, or like say we would never hire someone to knock off someone else's work. So. Right. Okay. Thanks for calling, Felix. Well, I think Thanks. when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of appropriation. I have a, an interesting story that I'll share with you, Bill, about something that I did many, many years ago that... Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a little anecdote that I can share with you about that. In the meantime, we have to take a break, and I'd like to let everybody know that they're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guest today is lovely Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. We'll be right back with our broadcast. Lots more phone messages. Please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Scott Biondich, Global Packaging Manager at the Coca-Cola Company. And I'm really excited about the upcoming Fuse Brand Identity and Package Design event in New York City this April. I'll be there revealing the critical steps to developing differentiated and preferred packaging for consumers around the world. Design gurus Rem Koolhaas and Philippe Stark, as well as brand leaders from Method, Nike, and Target, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face. They'll deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom-line impact through innovative strategy and design. For more information, call 888-670-8200. Visit www.iirusa.com forward slash BIPD or send an email to register at iirusa.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters and you'll receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. Hey, rise to the challenge. I look forward to seeing you in the Big Apple this April 24th through the 26th at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Mind Your Business with Danielle Hampson talks about the nuts and bolts of starting, running, and expanding a business. From time management, leadership, sales, marketing, and customer service to office management using technology, business plans, accounting, taxes, and networking. Danielle and her expert guests share their years of experience on a variety of topics. Tune in every Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel for Mind Your Business with Danielle Hampson. Useful tips, authoritative advice, creative solutions right here on the bottom line in business talk voice america business you work hard and you need to take time to relax and rejuvenate yourself travel is one of the most effective and gratifying ways to achieve this tune into travel connections with judy every monday at 9 a.m pacific time your host judy jackson will teach you how you can enhance your lifestyle through travel travel connections will also bring you the latest news on what's hot and exciting in vacation and travel trends so tune in to travel connections with judy every monday at 9 a.m pacific time right here on voice america business Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. 
Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Live from the Empire State Building, you are listening to the first anniversary show of Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the only talk radio show on the air focusing on issues relating to graphic design, branding, and culture. I am Debbie Millman, your host, and my guest today is Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. Before the break, we were talking about, we were talking with Felix Sockwell about appropriation or misappropriation, and I was telling Bill that I had a story that I wanted to share. I, many, many years ago, I was doing performance art in New York City, and of course, you know, anybody that is a follower of performance art, you know, would know that Karen Finley is very big in performance art, and Anna Devere Smith, and of course, I was influenced them both because they were performance artists and also because they were women or are women. And uh, I did my first performance piece many, many years ago in the East Village and sort of got my wits about me. It took months and months for me to be able to get my wits up to do something and another couple of months for me to write something that I felt was even slightly meaningful. And I finally went up and, and did my piece my on an open mic night and the first thing that somebody said to me as I got off the stage was, sounds a lot like Karen Finley to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You know, sometimes I think, you know, things are misappropriated by, you know, just by by sheer um, love of of the craft and and wanting so badly to do something that's meaningful in a way that you've been impacted by somebody else. Um, It's really interesting how how that all happens. We got a lot of email when Cork redesigned their logo and it's nearly the identical logo <laughs> to Sterling's. And, you know, sometimes you know that these things happen intentionally and sometimes you know that they don't because if they did, then they'd be crazy. And that's certainly an incident where, you know, if they did, they'd be crazy. Exactly. But, Bill, let's talk about the AITA. You are the national president of the national chapter, which is an enormous, enormous honor. Um, you are also, according to your college alumni, newsletter that I found online, (laughs) the first person outside of New York City or San Francisco to be chosen to head up the national AIGA. Um, Is that really true? You're the first outside of New York City and San Francisco? Well, that's what everyone keeps telling me, so I find it hard to believe, but apparently so. So (laughs) definitely the first person from the South. (laughs) That's amazing. So so tell us about what it's like to be the, the 46th president of the organization. Well, it's, it's, it's basically a lot like cat herding, but. <laughs> um, In what way? <laughs> it, it is, it, well, it's a great, great honor. I mean, AIJ is, is, is such an, a great, you know, a great association, you know, with an amazing 92 year history and, 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 uh, you know, I'm just incredibly, you know, humbled and honored to, to, to play this role and, and especially kind of in time of transition for design and, and AIJ and, and, um, you know, we have so many really great initiatives going on, and, and now we have 55 chapters. We just just started our 55th chapter in South Dakota, which I think is just so great. And uh, we have wonderful chapters out there and, and, and over 18,000 members nationally. And so I'm just really, you know, honored to kind of 
serve, you know, in this capacity and, and, and really try to keep the association, you know, the profession moving forward. I think it's been a part of, AIJ has been a really big part of my career and, and, and really I think I, I have my first AIJ conference to, to thank for that where, you know, her Milton Glacier talk about the power designed to, to, to change the world and, and, you know, sitting there and basically in tears saying, well, that's what I want to do. And so I, I've always wanted to kind of give back to the, to the profession and, um, we have some really, you know, important initiatives going on right now that I'm really, you know, proud to be a part of. Tell us about some of them. Well, some of the things we're really working on is, you know, really advocating the value of, of design to business and, and, and really kind of empowering the success of designers across, you know, the arc of the career from, from, you know, entry level to, you know, to retirement and, uh, and really kind of stimulating thinking about design, you know, among society and culture and, and, and also among the business group. And we have great conferences, you know, we have the AIJ Design Conference, uh, which is really, you know, inspiration and community and, and bringing designers together and, and we have the, Business conference gain, uh, which is held every other year, which I chaired a, a few years ago, uh, really kind of talking about business design case studies where businesses and designers are coming together and, and doing great work. And and now we have the the Aspen Design Summit, um, you know, the Aspen conference that really is focusing on, you know, designers, citizen, and design for the social good and and uh, some really you know really important work. I mean, some of the things that I'm Really focused on as, as in my role in my tenure, I hope is to really to take a really you know honest look at diversity of, of the design profession, especially at AIGA, and then really help um, hopefully diversify uh, AIGA. It's, it's something we have a national task force that we're, we're really looking at, and uh, and really you know again to continue to enhance the value of design you know, as a strategic tool for business. Now, there really has been a shift, I think a real paradigm shift in what design is representing now in our culture, and there seems to have been a line in the sand. I'm not exactly sure where that line actually resides, but in this age that we're now supposedly living in, this creative economy, this design renaissance, there seems to be an enormous amount of attention being put on design. I, I do, however, feel that a lot of that attention is being focused on industrial design or product design, although I do believe now that it's starting to move into graphic design and branding as well. In the World Economic Forum held just a few weeks ago, there were, I believe, 17 different uh, panel discussions on design's influence in business right now. What do you think caused this shift in our culture now to be looking at the world from much more of a design focus. Well, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I agree that the sort of line in the sand is, is shifting, and um, I think I think in our well, favor, why not? Tell me why. Well, I, I think that you know, it, it's I, I really think that it's it's a sort of natural evolution of you know of, of competitive uh, thinking and, and I think branding too has, has played a role in that that sort of you know when branding became a sort of corporate battle cry that that it was you know really a good brand or, or good design was basically you know just you take it for a mission and you have really great brands and it's hard to compete I think without without you know a certain level of design in, 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 in the world economy today and so but I think you know the thing is sort of Designers are, are really think are being brought to the table 
you know, whether it is an industrial design um, or or graphic design or, or branding uh, for, for a number of different reasons, but I think to sort of help, you know, business gain a competitive edge and, and really design better business experiences and better products and better services for for the customers, I think it's just a, it's a sort of necessary part of business these days, which I think is great news for us. Um, but it's, I think it's hard to compete without a certain level of design in the economy. I think the the danger in that is sort of, you know, the, the sort of, you know, overexposure of design or, or the you know, commoditization of design. And, and we have, you know, great, great brands like Target, you know, really kind of advertising design and, you know, and really, you know, betting the future on design. And, and you know, the, the, on the other side of the coin, they're also out there advertising national compa- campaigns about design is, you know, we, we're, you know, we're still kind of leaving up to our clients to, to def- define what design is. We're, we're hoping that we can, you know, as designers and, and AIGA and design community really come together to, to really define our role, you know, more, with more clarity and, and more conviction and the value of, of, of having us at the table, you know, throughout the business experience. Uh, and, it, and it really is competition and about, uh, you know, doing better work. So. Now, several years ago, you and I were both part of the AIGA's first, the charter program with the Harvard Business School, the uh, Business Perspectives for Design Leaders, mm-hmm. and that was really the first time that I felt that um, designers in, in a group were talking about, you know, the seat at the table, so to speak, how to get to C-level conversations with your clients, and I, I do believe that that is something that is still continuing to be talked about quite a lot. I know Moira Cullen talks about it a lot, and I think it's it's right. very important and very valuable. What advice would you give to designers that have not gotten exposure to this type of uh, discussion before to uh, working with their clients? What could you what could you tell them in an effort to better their efforts at having a seat at the table at having C level conversations? Well, I think yeah, I think it's you know I think it's kind of imperative that, that they do that, and it doesn't it doesn't you know imply that that everyone has to be a strategist or or you know you know design thinker. Um, I think there's still a great role for craft in what we do. I mean, I think it's, to me it's about combining you know thinking and doing and and uh, doing great work, and and we need to. You know, I think sometimes as designers, we quite often have our heads in the sand, head in the sands, you know, in our own little world and talking about design and, and designers and we get caught up in, in, in what we're doing and we don't, you know, look outside our, our own profession, our own community to, to really see what's happening in business or what's happening in design. And I think there's a number of ways to, to get there. I mean, I've always, you know, sort of not demanded, but, you know, Ask you know to work with the decision maker uh, and and you know the client with the clients that I work with and, and quite often it it is you know the CEO or or cause we tend to work with smaller companies a lot of times but uh, I think you know it's always been important to me to, to 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 kind of see what's going on in business what's going on in business trends I mean the Harvard Business School was uh, the AJ program was just just great it was you know. I think scare as hell to kind of be there. I was really intimidated. <laughs> but, oh God! But I learned, you know, I learned so much that, you know, and I really wasn't aware until to afterwards, you know, that sort of until this day I kind of pulled something, you know, out of the hat that that I was exposed to there. And I think it just really kind of, for me, it was really changed the way that I I look at certain things. I know I had a 
had a contract into a client for a project, uh, a rebranding project that uh, that I'd written like the week before I went to Harvard, the Harvard program, and I came back and totally rewrote it. Uh, you know, the, the week when I got back and uh, and, and got the project and, and sort of it really kind of altered the way that that I look at things. But uh, I think we really, I mean, I think the advice I would give to to designers out there is that you know you can. Do that in a lot of ways, but it's, it, the most important thing is to to really just be aware of what's going on, not only in the design world but in the business world, and you know, read, read <laughs> design, yeah. design publications, not only design publications but business publications also, and 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 learn and, and observe what's going on, you know, what trends are happening, and 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 what you know what the big needs are, you know, in the you know with our clients. And, Great. Well, thank you, Bill. We have to take our, our last break. I'd like to let everybody know that they're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. We will be right back with our broadcast after these messages, so please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Scott Biondich, Global Packaging Manager at the Coca-Cola Company. And I'm really excited about the upcoming Fuse Brand Identity and Package Design event in New York City this April. I'll be there revealing the critical steps to developing differentiated and preferred packaging for consumers around the world. Design gurus Rem Koolhaas and Philippe Stark, as well as brand leaders from Method, Nike, and Target, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face. They'll deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom-line impact through innovative strategy and design. For more information, call 888-670-8200. Visit www.iirusa.com forward slash BIPD or send an email to register at iirusa.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters and you'll receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. Hey, rise to the challenge. I look forward to seeing you in the Big Apple this April 24th through the 26th at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. The challenge of change comes as ramped up due to the advent of information age and the interconnectedness of global community. In a high-tech world, the ability to embrace change, adapt, and respond accordingly is key to personal and professional success. Talking Change with Ann Powers, airing every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, explores the hows, whys, and what to do when faced with change. Embrace the new reality, adopt transition into your personal power portfolio, and tune into Talking Change with Ann Powers every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, Right here on the Bottom Line Business Talk, Voice America Business. Learn to thrive, not just survive in business and careers. Unleash your full potential and greatness with the Thrive Factor, unleashing your potential. With tactical coaches and success masters, hosts Dory Willer and Eva Gregory. Dory, Eva, and their masters of thriving expert guests inform, educate, elucidate, and inspire with leading-edge information. The Thrive Factor, unleashing your potential. With Dory Willer and Eva Gregory, broadcast each Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel, The Thrive Factor, success and inspiration at the click of a mouse. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business.
Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.47 Eastern Time, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guest today is Bill Grant from the Grant Design Collaborative in Atlanta. If you'd like to join our conversation, if you have a question for Bill, please call 1-866-233-7861. Bill, we've been talking about business and strategy, and now I really want to get to the hard stuff. Tell us about your relationship with Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> well, that is the hard stuff, Debbie. So. <laughs> Come you know, on. I can't talk about my relationship too much in public because it would <laughs> can't go public with that. But <laughs> but I've had a kind of a long love affair. I've been a huge fan of Olivia Newton-John since I was seven years old, and I bought my father the Let Me Be There album for Father's Day, and sort of wound up keeping it and sort of falling in love with her. So. <laughs> and and, and uh, to this still, day. To this day, I'm still a huge fan and, uh, you know, official member of the fan club. And, and uh, Wow, what does that entitle you to? Oh, not much. <laughs> you get all the gossip and all the breaking Olivia news, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, that you know, others are not privy to. So. Ah, tell us about some breaking Olivia news. I'm sure all our <laughs> listeners are dying to know. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, Extra, you know, just reported this week that uh, Olivia's been spotted with a new boyfriend, you know, only nine months after the disappearance of her longtime lover, Patrick, um, I forget his last name, the one that went away on a fishing trip and never came back, and and, uh, my partner, Jim Wilson, still kind of accuses her of being a black widow, and (laughs) he was trying to spend her money because he didn't have any. But she's been spotted um, uh, with a new Malibu millionaire, and uh, supposedly has a new love interest in her life. So that's the breaking news this week. So. Well, as you know, we have that in common. I am also quite an Olivia fan, have been ever since about the same time. I think we bought that album the same year, probably the same time. Still have it, actually. Um, all right, let's talk about some of your clients. Tell us about your relationship with Herman Miller. I know you have been working with him for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done some extraordinary work. Um, tell us about what that experience has been like. Well, it's been you know, it's been a great experience. It's great working with a brand such as Herman Miller. We've worked with them for about five years, and uh, we do a lot of their design work and collateral and, and strategy development for the A&D architectural and design community. Um uh, really helping them to strengthen their relationships with architects and designers. When Herman Miller first hired us, uh, retained us to, to help them, they said, we want you to help strengthen our brand among design community. And I said, well, you're Herman Miller. <laughs> How much help do you need? But they didn't really have a formal program in place. And we we work with a lot of clients in the commercial furnishings industry and and, uh, and, sort of who, and other clients who market products to creative professionals. And so we had a lot of experience in that, but... It's just been really great. I mean, it's such a great company. They do such great work, and they're so design-driven. It's great to have a client that's you know design-driven. And uh, so we got to go in the archives and you know find great photos of you know Eames' work and, and George Nelson. And, and and so I'm a huge sort of mid-century modern fan and a huge you know Eames uh, fanatic as well. And uh, so it's been great to kind of hear stories of you know the, the uh, 
the Eames designing the Eames lounge chair and, and sort of, you know, why they designed it and designed it so that they could both sit in it comfortably at the same time. <laughs> so they can share the chair? Share the chair. So it's just amazing heritage, uh, you know, and, and, and great stories, and, and they continue to do, you know, great, great work. Um, so it's just really great being a part and playing, you know, a very small role of, of a company like that and a brand like that with such great design credentials. Well, it's also great to see work being done that's so respectful of both the brands as well as the designers. Yeah, it's, and, and they, they really kind of surround themselves with, with really, I mean, it's a really great culture, an interesting culture and challenging at times, uh, but, but I think Herman Miller really is, is, you know, has a legacy of surrounding themselves with sort of design thinkers, but also leaving room for originality and, and uh, you know, reinterpretation of, of their brand and products. So. Bill, we have another caller. We have Lisa from New York. Thank you for calling Design Matters. Hi, Bill. Hi, Debbie. Happy first anniversary. Thank you. It feels Lisa. like Design Matters has been an institution for quite a while. I can't believe it's just been one year, but happy, happy anniversary. Thank you. It's part of my Friday routine now. <laughs> um, Bill, what I wanted to know from you, how do you feel about sustainable design? Well, Lisa, I really think uh, sustainable design is, is is really important. I, I think. I well, think Bill, often, let me just interrupt you for one quick second and, sure. and and ask if you could tell our listeners what sustainable design means. I'm just concerned that some of our listeners might not know. So, what is sustainable design? Well, I think uh, maybe and different people just <laughs> define it in different ways. But I, I tend to define it as you know, sort of eco-conscious design and and designing. Uh, that is sustainable and in both in respect to the materials and the environment and, and design that is not, you know, detrimental to the, to the environment. And, and uh, I really think one of the things when people talk about sustainable design quite often, I think as designers we, we tend to think about sustainable design in very kind of a narrow-minded uh, fashion where we think about, well, recycled paper and, and, and materials and where I kind of tend to want to think about sustainable design in, in much larger terms and sort of, you know, looking at, at whole ecosystems and, and, you know, start to finish and and, and not only in, in materials and, you know, recycled, recyclable materials, but also the sh- sort of shelf life of products and, you know, is, is a product going to perform and, and stay around, you know, longer than a product that is not designed to perform and stay around and so, therefore, you know, having more value and so, I really think it's important. I think the way we continue to think about it and approach it is really important. It's certainly important in, in design and architecture and everything we do. So I think it's, you know, it's part of, I was involved in, in sort of helping, you know, author the AIJ business ethics series. And we have a, you know, one of the brochures in there is, is on sustainable design. And uh, I think it's really important. So I think everything that we we do a grant design collab. We 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 keep that in mind, and, and do we do you know do we design you know hundred page catalogs when a postcard would suffice, or can we do something electronically you know that uh, you know through digital media that that doesn't require um, you know other materials or things like that? But I tend also not to be a fanatic about it. I, I think we we really try to design good work. We try to be aware of it, but it's 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 you know it's not. I'm not building my career on being a sustainable designer. I think it should be a part of, of everything that we do, you know, and it should play a role. But um, there are a lot of people out there really pursuing that, you know, as as, as their full-time occupation. So I think well, it's important. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for calling, Lisa. Sure. Bill, we have uh, come to the time in our show for our weekly feature, the 
pop culture quiz, and this is a part of the broadcast where I ask my guests some questions about things that might be going on right now or off-the-cuff topics that I might just be curious about or obsessing over, things I want to know about you. Um, so tell me, what was the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read uh, completely, I have lots of books I've started, but uh, probably was Blink, Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, kind of start to finish. So. And did you like it? I did like it. I really loved the sort of, you know, the sort of, you know, intuition plays a big role in, in my work and, and sort of gut instinct. And, and so it really, um, I really liked it for that sake. So. What do you secretly wish you could do better? Uh, better? Well, I've always wished I could sing, but I can't, so. That's good. Okay. <laughs> so it would be great to do that better, so. One guilty pleasure, aside from... ONJ. <laughs> That's guilty enough, but uh, <laughs> maybe sleeping. <laughs> I love to sleep late, and I, I quite often I'm not a morning person. So okay, now I'm going to ask you um, an either or: craziness or ugliness? Craziness. Bath or shower? Bath. Skim milk or cream? Cream. Black or white? White. Name your favorite curse word. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A couple, two more, either ors. Beauty or brains? <laughs> I hear brains. <laughs> Beautiful brains. <laughs> money or prestige? Prestige. Love or money? Love. Okay, well, thank you, Bill. You've been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today on Design Matters. We've come to the end of the show. I'd also like to thank Voice America for a wonderful first year and for giving me this opportunity to talk about design. I'd also like to say thank you to Brian Travis and Ruben Colomb at Voice America. I'd also like to thank the staff and my partners at Sterling Brands, especially Lisa Grant and Jen Simon. Please join me next week with my very special guest, Paul Sayer. Happy birthday, Bryony. Till next week, please remember, we can talk about making a difference, we can make a difference, or we can do both. I am Debbie Millman, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business.